Hey everyone, welcome to Think on These Things with Josh Barnett. I'm excited about this episode today. It is going to be a shorter episode. I, I just really want to discuss a leadership concept or a leadership question that I hope will help change the way that you lead or uh, empower the way that you lead. This has really helped me over the last few years, this concept, and I really want to make you think about this question today. The question is this, what happens when you leave the room? Whether it be with your family or your class or your youth group or your job or the board meeting or the meeting that you had with that person that you work with or the lunchroom where you're just hanging out or that group of friends that you had, what happens when you leave? What happens on the other side of the door when you're not there? Also, what happens when you walk into the room? What happens when you come into the environment? What happens when you come into the meeting, into the board meeting, into the lunchroom, into your house uh, when you get off work and you go home and you're with your family? What happens when you come into the room? When you leave the room, do you leave the room frustrated? Do you leave the room with no joy? Do you leave the room angry? Um, and I'm not talking about you le- you leaving angry. I'm talking about do you leave the people that you were just with angry? Do you leave them frustrated? Do you leave them full of anxiety? When you come into the room, what do you bring with you? What's the type of atmosphere that you're producing? When you walk into the room, do you bring people joy or are you an annoyance to people? You know, do you bring in an attitude of love or when you walk in, do people walk on eggshells because they are afraid of you? How are you leading? What do you bring to your job? What do you bring to your family? What do you bring to your team? Do you add value to any of them? Do you even care? You know, true leaders learn from the responses that they get from other people. How do people respond to you? You know, if you're just a boss and you don't care about the people that you're leading, you probably really don't care about this concept at all. But if you're a true, godly, Christian leader, you should care about the way that you make people feel. You should care about what you bring with you when you walk in. We are supposed to walk in love. We are supposed to imitate Christ. And we have got to see and learn what we bring with us, how people respond to us. Do people roll their eyes? Do Or do we bring a smile to people's face when people come in? Is it, or do they become very fake or do they feel like they can be real and authentic around you? Do you call people to a higher standard? You know, when you walk into the room, do people begin to act more godly or are they just are they glad that you're there? Are they just counting down the days till you leave? You know, all my dads out there, are your kids excited when you get home or are they afraid of you when you come home because they don't know what kind of mood you're going to be in? And we've got to watch the way that we respond to people. We've got to watch the way that people respond to us. You know, we may need to, it may be something as simple as working on your tone and the way that you talk to people, uh, working on your countenance, your face, your look. You know, you may be happy on the inside, but does your face show? Knowing that you're happy on the inside. You may truly care about people, but can people tell that you care about them by the way that you treat them, by the way that you look at them, by the way that you act when you are around them, by the way that you listen to them? And this is a great internal question that I believe that all godly leaders should be asking themselves. You know, are you a leader that talks too much? You know, some of you out there may talk too much. You may realize that people's eyes glaze over while you're talking. Maybe you're talking way too much and you need to cut back on 
everything coming out of your mouth and you need to lean in and listen more to the people that are around you, to your family, to your coworkers, to your leaders. Maybe you should listen more. I think we need to listen more than we talk. You know, it's that old saying, you've got two ears and one mouth, so you should listen to twice as much as you talk. Um, uh, you know, I want to ask you this. What do you do on the other side of the room? You know, what do you do when you leave the room? What do you do? A great question, I think, for leaders is what do you do that no one makes you do? You know, are you made to go to school? Are you made to make good grades? Are you made to show up on time? Are you made, you know, do you begrudgingly do your job or do you rejoice in doing it because you realize that Colossians says you're doing everything for him? You know, do you work out on your own or does somebody have to make you work out? Do you eat right on your own? Does somebody have to, you know, twist your arm to get you to eat right? Are you taking care of yourself? Do you... Uh, pursue the Lord on your own. That's the big, you know, big question there. It's like, do you read your word? Do you pray? Do you seek him uh, when you're by yourself and not just because you are sitting in church or because you're going to a Bible study, but you do it because you choose to do it? You know, do you entertain yourself in a godly way only when people are around, but when you're by yourself? See, that's somebody making you act a certain way, or are you doing things the way that God has called you to do things? You know, I've got four questions real quick that kind of go along with that. Uh, Number one, ask yourself, am I leading? Am I leading or how am I leading? I don't care what position you have at your job, you can be a leader. If you're the, you know, the lowest on the totem pole at McDonald's, you know, leaders don't view their title and their position as they, they don't let that reflect their value and therefore their attitude. They approach every single thing that they do with excellence because they're doing it for the glory of the Lord. And so in your minimum wage job, are you mopping that floor? Are you cleaning that bathroom? Are you doing that for the glory of God? And so you're doing it as best you can, as excellent as you can. Are you showing up on time? You know, le- leaders, it's not just about the, the, the title that you carry or the position that you're in, it's really the way that you carry yourself in every single thing that you do. Do you, do you have the joy of the Lord when you go into work or are you angry and tired and frustrated all the time at the work? Do you, do you make people feel welcome at your school, at your job? You know, even when you're in your home, I've been in people's homes where I didn't really feel welcome there. Even when they were hosting me, it was like that I had to be there. Do people feel like family? Do they feel cared for at your church? Do people feel welcome in your church? Do people feel love in your church? You know, that's not just up to the pastor. It's not just up to the door greeter. It's not just up to, you know, the person who is in charge of this certain section of the church to make everybody feel welcome. We are the body of Christ, and we should love everyone that comes in the doors. We should see their created value. We should see them the way that God sees them. You know, we should be spirit-led everywhere that we go, and that is leading. You know, when you're going into Walmart, you are a leader when you're at Walmart. One thing I tell my students in my class at CMA is a leader leaves every place he walks into better. And so if I, (laughs) this sounds gross to some people, but if I'm in the public restroom and there's paper towels on the ground, like I'm going to pick them up. I'm not saying I'm going to go deep clean that place, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to walk over trash in a parking lot. I'm going to pick that up everywhere that I go. I want to add value to that place. I want that place to have God's stamp on it. And so I want to be spirit led. And that's not just in the big, you know, miraculous moments when I feel led to pray for someone, or I'm sharing the gospel with someone, or I'm radically loving someone. That is all the time I'm going to be spirit-led and I'm going uh, to be a servant 
of all everywhere that I go. When people see me, I want them to see the Spirit of Christ on me. I want them to see Jesus in me. You know, uh, number two, second question, this really has to do with the church part, but are you the church or do you just come? You know, are you a spectator at church or are you a player in the game? You know, are you the same at church as you are at school? Are you the same at church as you are at your job? Are you the same at church as you are with your family? Are you the same at church as you are when you're in the bathroom by yourself or where when you're in the closet by yourself or when you're in your room by yourself? Are you trying to be filled with the Spirit, shine the light of Jesus everywhere that you go, or is that dependent on the location in which you're at? You know, we're are you radical for Jesus? You know, radical is supposed to be normal for believers. Do you allow the Holy Spirit to move through you every single day? Are you a Christian just an hour and a half on Sundays, but you don't think about, talk about, look for the things of God, develop a relationship with Him the rest of the week? You know, we are supposed to identify ourselves as the bride of Christ, not only corporately, but individually. So are you actually the church, the body, or do you just attend one? Are you pursuing God? God for yourself, or do you just get your weekly dose on Sunday mornings? Number three, do you, I kind of talked about this in the first one as well, but do you see the need everywhere that you go? The best leaders lead without being asked to lead. What do you see when you walk into the room? Do you see the mess that needs to be cleaned up? Do you see the trash that needs to be taken out? Do you see the person sitting in the lunchroom by themselves? Do you see that hurting mom? Do you see that hurting man sitting at the restaurant by himself? And maybe God sent you into that place that day for a reason. When you come into work, does your boss constantly have to boss you? Or are you an incredible leader, an incredible employee. And that, you know, that's really going to be, that's going to help some of you get promoted. If you will just do things without being asked to do them, but you do them because it's your responsibility and you need to have an ownership mentality wherever you're at, whether you own the place that you work at or not, you need to treat those things like you own them. Uh, whether you, <clears throat> you know, even in your own house, or do you treat your house like it is a place for the glory of God to fill. Do you treat your house like it is a temple of the Lord? And I'm obviously, I don't, I'm not, hear me on this. Don't get, you got to be like a super anal, neat, clean freak. But I'm saying that do you take ownership of those things like Jesus is there with you or is your life just kind of, you know, messy? Um, do you do you treat your job like you're doing it for the Lord or like you're doing it for just man? You know, we need to be, as believers, we should be the best employees. We should be the best managers. We should be the best leaders. We should do everything with excellence. Uh, the last question, number four, do you just like the title of leadership? You know, I've met many leaders who they like the fact that they are a leader or that somebody calls them a leader, but you've got to know true leaders never see themselves as better than anyone else. And true leaders are willing to do uh, they're willing to serve. I think uh, John Maxwell said this, you're not qualified to lead at the highest level if you're unwilling to serve at the lowest level. Come on, that's good. Uh, you're not willing to lead at the highest level if you're not willing to serve at the lowest level. So do you just like the title of being a leader? Or, you know, I've seen people who serve their way into leadership, and then once they get there, they then stop serving. You know, Jesus is our example, and he didn't come to 
to be served. He came to serve. You know, he got down on his hands and knees the last night he was alive, and he washed his disciples' feet, including Judas, including the one that was going to betray him and turn him over to be brutally killed. We have got to be leaders like that who are willing to wash the feet of the ones that follow us. So all of those things are going, you're going to do all four of those things well if you will spend time with Jesus on the other side of the room, if you will allow the Holy Spirit to fill you up on the other side of the room. So what happens when you leave the room? What happens when you come into the room? You know, do you ever think about what do people say about me when I leave? Not that it's all about, you know, man's opinion, but are they able to say lots of negative things about you apart from your beliefs in Christianity? Or even if they're not believers that you're with, they're like, man, I may not believe what that guy believes, but man, he is the nicest guy in the world. Man, he loves me radically. Man, he is kind and he is patient. You know, he doesn't gossip. He doesn't live in hypocrisy. And I, 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 my whole concept is this today. What you do on the other side will determine what you do when you walk into the room. What you do on the other side, the concept I'm talking about today, the other side, will determine what you do when you walk into a room. Jesus always spent time with the Father. Always. You read the Gospels count over and over and over again at the beginning and ending of chapters. It talks about how Jesus snuck away, how he went off on a boat, how he went up on the mountain, how he went into the garden, how he went into these different places, how he snuck away from the crowds and from his disciples so that he could spend time with his Father. And because he spent time with his father, he was moved with compassion for everyone he came in contact with. Because he spent time with the father, he had the father's heart. He heard the father's voice, and he was able to be spirit-led. Now, when you go on the other side of the room, and you are, when you're by yourself, when you're in the secret place, and you walk in selfishness, when you just do what you want to do, when it's just a, the, a worship of yourself, you know, I, I, I say this to our youth group a lot, is uh, everybody has a secret place. And what you do in that secret place is the God that you worship. And so is that Father God or is that pornography or is that lawlessness? Is that greed? Is that social media? Is that Netflix? Is that, you know, what is the God, what is the altar that you're constantly going to in the secret place? And if you're not going to the altar of our father if you're not going the if you're not going to the cross if you're not going to be at the feet of Jesus when you come back into the room you're going to be insecure you're going to be jealous you're going to be angry people are going to get on your nerves the answer to all of those things is Christ the answer to all of those things is spending time with Jesus you know are you ate up with insecurity and anxiety over what people think about you spend time with Jesus you spend time with him, you're going to hear his voice. You're going to, you're going to get his heart for you. You're going to understand the way that he sees you. And it's going to cause a, um, it's going to cause you to learn and understand your value and your identity in him. You know, you, if you're reading your Bible in the secret place, you're not going to be lazy. You're not going to be burnt out. People get burnt out. Uh, uh, one of my favorite quotes is by Christine Kane. She's a, a, a international speaker. She says, Christians don't get burnt out because of what they do. They get burnt out because of what they stop doing. And what they stop doing is they stop pursuing Jesus in the secret place. You're not going to have an incredible prayer life 
and you're not going to read your Bible every day and continue to be lazy or continue to be full of anxiety or depression or get burnout. He is the answer to all of those things. And you spend time with him, he's going to bring you freedom. He's going to bring you supernatural energy. He's going to empower you to do what he has called you to do. Sometimes the reason we struggle so much with things that we don't want to do is because of what we do on the other side of the room. It's because we're not cultivating a relationship with him. You know, he will change your entire perspective on life, on family, on job. You know, he, he, he you should look forward to getting up on Monday morning and going to work. You should look forward to doing that because you get an opportunity to shine bright for him. You should look forward to going on church on Sunday morning because you are filled with the Spirit of God because you've been spending time with him and you understand that you're going there not for yourself, but you're going there for the good of the body, the good of the bride, the good of other people. We don't go to church for what we can get out of it. We go to church for what we bring to it. And church isn't just about, the church is not about us. You know, the, the songs we sing, the word that we hear, it's not about us, it's about Jesus. It's about centering on Jesus. It's about bringing the corporate body together to worship Him. And there may be somebody there that needs you, that needs a word from you, that needs a hug from you, that needs love from you. So what you bring into a room is all dependent on what you do on the other side. Are you cultivating a relationship with Him? You're either going to be known by him or you're going to be known by sin. And you will try to satisfy the struggle with something else if you're not seeking to be known by him, if you're not seeking to know him. If your leadership is, you feel like you're in a rut, you're struggling to grow, I just want to say, go lay at the feet of Jesus, man. Just go spend time with him. Stop trying to do everything on your own. Maybe you're full of pride or you're full of uh, bitterness towards your leader's Maybe it's because you need to go into that secret place and you need to humble yourself to the submission or humble yourself and submit your life to Jesus. When you go into that place, he trades our garments of sorrow for garments of praise. He gives us joy for mourning when we go into that secret place. And he says, if we honor him in private, he's going to honor us in public. And if you have experienced that honor, and it's not an honor like everybody's clapping for you, but you feel his presence, you feel his favor, you feel his grace and his love on your life when you have been honoring him on the other side of the door in the secret place. You know, as leaders, my last thought for you here, as leaders, we are supposed to create culture, not be conformed to culture. We've been transformed transformed by Jesus. And so we are supposed to create culture around us, but we cannot create a culture around us that has not been cultivated within us. And so you have got to get into the presence of God and allow him to cultivate the kingdom of God within side of you so that you then can go and create that culture everywhere that you walk, whether it be in your home or your school or your job, wherever. And understand, a, a leader's job is to always, a Christian leader's job is to always point people to Jesus. Our job is not to meet people's needs necessarily, but to create an atmosphere where people can have encounters with the only one who is qualified to meet others' needs, the only one who is qualified to really meet the, the needs of other people. That, that is our calling, is that we go into the secret place to be filled up with him, 
We go out of the secret place. We overflow on everybody around us. We seek to be encounter for people where they see us and they see Jesus, where they get around us and Jesus gets on them because Christ is really the only one that can meet the needs of every single human heart. The leader's job is not about it's not about pointing to us. It's about pointing to him. What are you doing on the other side of the room? When you leave a place, what are you going to do? Who are you spending time with? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for today. Lord, help us to think on these things. Help us to put our minds into heavenly realities. Lord, that we would spend more time focusing on you. Like the disciples ask you, they, say, they ask you, teach us how to pray. Lord, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to communicate. Teach us how to talk with you. May our minds and our hearts be ever presently on you, on the throne room, on the cross, on the resurrection. Teach us to know you, Lord. We want to know you more. We want to be more intimate with you. We want to draw close to you so that when we leave that secret place, we carry your presence with us, that you are all over us, that we have been anointed to bring this good news to every single person, that we not, we not only believe the gospel, but we are walking representations of the gospel. We are carriers, not just partakers, but carriers of your divine nature. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Hope you have a great day.